are we? Thank you, Doug. Must remind you, you know, you gotta, ugh. can't have fun on a Sunday morning, Doug. Gotta be quiet. We're Baptists. We gotta like have potlucks and be quiet and just sit there and can't do hand things. Clapping is like okay sometimes, you know, but like most of them, right? Hey, um, it was started off, okay? You ready? Okay, repeat after me. Change is okay. I'll be okay. Okay, okay, all right, you ready? All right, look at your bulletins. There's one fill-in. I don't think we've ever done this before, ever in the history of forever. The guest preacher that usually comes up here, he's been talking for way too long. Jesus made this chapter short for a reason, so we're going to get done early. But hey, that's the good news. The great news is we're going to be actually talking about camp for a little bit. Before that, I got some announcements for you guys. Ready? So uh, next week, we got the hymn sing. Super excited about that. I missed it last year. Yeah, yeah. I missed it last year. Um, I was like, how many people came? Like 23? I don't know, you know? And they're like, oh, it's packed. Like, packed, packed. And I was like, oh, I missed, like, a thing. I missed it, you know? I'm not going to miss it here this year. So uh, next week, 6 o'clock, right here. Come, bring somebody. Uh, hymnals, if you don't have one, it's okay. We'll provide them. All that good stuff. Uh, Meryl's coming back, excited. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a little piano, him singing, all that good stuff. So come to that. Uh, and then I think it's a, week, no, no, a couple weeks after that, bingo night, uh, March 18th, also at 6 p.m. Yeah. Man, I'm a, maybe I'm a little biased, but like, it's like one of my favorite things that we do here. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like mostly because I get to make fun of Scott because he always loses. Um, it's, it's, it's great. So come, definitely come to that. Uh, this is kind of your RSVP, your little early save the date. Uh, so mark, the, mark it down on your calendars. Everyone asks me every year, how do you win? You know, one, lots of prayer. Two, maybe even more important, you got to buy cards. You know, like a lot of people are like, oh, I have one card. I didn't win anything. Well, Susie over here bought 20 cards. It's a probability question, right? So... Uh, like I said, uh, a little different today, so I got a video to show you guys. We came, if, if you missed us last week, if it was like quiet and it was like clean last week, it's because all of us were gone, right? Uh, we had winter camp. It was a great, amazing time. I got a video to show you guys. It's a little long, but it's, it's, it's a good one. So grab some coffee. If, welcome back, YouTube, by the way, if you're joining us. Um, grab some coffee. Make some popcorn if you got it. Share it with the class. Enjoy and uh, learn about what God did last week. So here you go. I, uh, I, I don't want to downplay how important camp is, and I don't want to downplay how important your involvement in that is. Uh, most of you, if not like basically all of you, did not come. You were there. So thank you. Um, your prayers were felt. The money, the, you know, all the time, the effort, all the stuff that you do for them was felt, was experienced. Um, camp certainly does not happen without Megan and the other leaders. Camp does not happen without a church that supports them. Don't ever forget that. There's a lot of churches out there that do not have a youth ministry simply because they're not given towards it. It's not because kids aren't showing up. It's not because they, they're not in an area where there's not kids. It's simply that they're not giving towards it. So thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Holy cow, should we get to the sermon? Okay, because I'm about to cry. So, um, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a different, it's a different Sunday, you know, like 1 Samuel 5. If you want to open it up, we're going to have it on the screen, but you feel free to open it up. Uh, Jesus and God, they're hanging out, you know, thousands, thousands, millions, trillions of years ago. They're talking about Samuel and all that stuff, and they're like, hey, maybe let's make 1 Samuel 5 a little shorter. Maybe, you know, Rock Bible Church are going to need a little break that Sunday, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, uh, I want to talk about something that I certainly have dealt with in the past, and I'm sure you have too. Uh, You ever just need a win? You ever just go through a hard time in your life and you're like, nothing is right. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm trying my hardest, and work is like okay at best, and home life is okay at best or even bad or, you know, and you're just like, I just need a win. Right. And, and I'm sitting there last week and I'm, I'm, because I wasn't, we were in camp and I'm, I'm listening to the sermon on like Tuesday or Wednesday and I'm sitting there. I'm like, Israel needs a win. Do you remember last week? Do you remember what happened? Do you remember all those funny names? You don't have to anymore because they died, right? You remember the guy, the priest? He did too, right? You remember Israel, the art? It doesn't matter because they're all dead, right? And you're sitting there and you're like, man, this stinks. I, this is not Happy Sunday, Scott. I'm supposed to get rewarded for coming to church. Why are you telling me how they all died? And how the ark, the place where God is living, he's there, is captured. That's a terrible moment. And then we had the audacity just to end it there. Scott needs to learn how to preach, man. He's got to end you on some happy note. You know what I mean? And that's what we experience today. It's victory, right? In your darkest moment where you have no hope, there's only loss. How can you find God's victory? And that's what we're talking about today. So open up, if you want, to 1 Samuel 5. And we're going to be going straight through it right now. It says, when the Philistines, remember the people who they fought, right? They lost to. When the Philistines captured the Ark of God, they brought it from Ebenezer, the place that they fought it, right? They captured it to Ashdod. Ashdod, because I didn't know. You probably didn't know. McGrogan's certainly knew. But, you know, like if you didn't know, it's one of the main Philistinian cities. It's one of the five big cities, right? You're talking about the biggest cities there are. Uh, kind of everything revolves around these cities. Everything is underneath those cities, right? So Ashdod is one of those cities. So from the, the place they battled to Ashdod, the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it into the house of Dagon and set it besides Dagon. Context clues. What's Dagon? Any guesses? A god. House of a god, right? Uh, any guesses? Is this like a good guy? Is this like another word for Jesus? <laughs> Probably not, right? It's Philistines. They don't really know God. We know last week they know of God. They got some major things wrong with it, right? But they know of it. They put it in the temple of this other god. What's going to happen? They brought the Ark of the Covenant into a temple of another god. Good thing for them or bad thing for them, right? Verse 3, And when the people of Ashdod rose early in the next day, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. See, we don't know that. You you may not know this because there's no context. Dagon was a god of, of fish. Think about Little Mermaid, literally. It's half fish, half person. Like, it's literally Little Mermaid going on here. So they raise up. Why would you go early in the morning to a fish god? To fish. You're about to go fishing, and you want to pray to the fish god, right? 
And, and it's a really cool, Doug and Austin, you might need to help me out, help the crowd out with this. This other God in its own temple is like this. What does that look like? It's right, okay. Worshipping, literally laid down in front of this idol. That, that It's in its own house. This is the house of Dagon, right? It's, oh, this is its home. This is where it's strongest. It's moment, right? Laid down, uh, fallen face down, down on the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him back in his place. A God that can't even stand up. Think about that for a second. Literally cannot stand up on its own. Doesn't have that power. This is the gods that they're worshiping, right? Verse 4. Oh, I got tired. I'm getting old. I can't do that anymore. You got to stay in. You know what I mean? Uh, but when they rose early on the next morning, what's going to happen? Behold, Dagon had fallen face downwards on the ground before the ark of the Lord. Once again, they're trying to worship this God. They show up. And this God is worshiping the true God in a very symbolic but very real way. Uh, and not only that, uh, before the Lord, and the head of Dagon and both its hands were lying cut off on the threshold. I wonder if that's important. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. So think about Little Mermaid, hands gone, head's gone. It's just a torso. It's like this weird fish human thing, right? Uh, this is why the priest of Dagon and all who enter the house of Dagon do not tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this very day. This, this moment is so symbolically strong that the priests, the people who should be worshiping him the most, are understanding that this other god that just showed up is more powerful. That means something. And it's not just them. It's their descendants. It's the priests of the priests of the kids of the priests and all this stuff. And it passes on uh, going on forever, right? Verse 6. And the hand of the Lord was heavy against the people of Ashdod. And he terrified and, and afflicted them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. One of the main Philistinian cities and all of its territories, right? And when the men of Ashdod saw how these things were, they said, the ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is hard against us and against Dagon, our God. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, what shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? Because they got to do something. They can't change gods, right? That, that, that'd be crazy, right? Uh, they answered, let the ark of the God of Israel be brought uh, around to Gath, another city, another main city. So we've learned about two of the five main cities. So they brought the ark of the God of Israel there. But after they had brought it around, the hand of the Lord was against the city, causing a very great panic. And he afflicted the men of the city, both young and old, so that tumors broke out on them. So they sent the ark of the God to Ekron, or Ekron. Another city, three out of the five cities, right? But as soon as the Ark of the God, uh, Ark of God came to Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, "They have brought around to us the Ark of the God of Israel to kill us and our people." Word has gotten out, folks, in this non-Christian, non-Israel-based place where they do not worship God, 
They know how strong he is. They know how powerful he is. They have brought around to us the ark of the God of Israel to kill us and our people. Verse 11, they sent therefore and gathered together all of the lords of the Philistines and said, send away the ark of God of Israel and let it return to its own place that it may not kill us and our people. For there was a deathly panic throughout the whole city. The hand of God was very heavy there. The men who did not die were struck with tumors, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. Uh, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Crazy, right? What are we talking about? How is this victory, right? Well, think about this. Back in the day when there was actually wars, kings would go and, and dominate an area. They would win, right? And what do you think the king would do? You, 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 you control an area of land. You want to go to the major cities and show who's the ruler. What just happened in this verse, in this pastor passage? God shows up to the major cities and says, look, I'm bigger. Look, I am stronger. And it's all within this play. Remember, last week, they lost. The ark was something they took as like, hey, we won. We got this great thing. We own it now. We own this God. It's awesome. It's ours. And God is laughing. And as the victors, the Philistines, are showing their spoils, bringing them to the biggest cities, God is laughing and saying, you think you won. You think this fish God is bigger than me? Holy cow, bring me to the next city. You think you won. You think this other God is bigger than me? Oh, just bring me to the next city. And he does this over and over and over and again. And one of the greatest victories, where's God's people in this story? Nowhere. Rumors. This is the God of Israel, and that's it. No one is there. Eli is not there. Hannah is not there. There's no army. I'm sitting there and I'm confused because I don't get this. I don't know how you win a war without an army. God does it. Right? So I'm sitting here and I'm talking about victories and all that stuff. And I want to give you the one fill-in. Here's your one fill-in. We're already there. Holy cow. Are you ready? How do you get victory? Victory comes with a bigger God. Victory comes with a bigger God. See, and, and we learned about this throughout all of our history here as a church, but we learned about this in winter camp too. That this God is consistent. That our God is the same God in the Old Testament, the New Testament, when he's battling, when he's in peace all the time. God is bigger. Now, what does that mean? I wanted to break that down with you guys. These are not fill-ins. I get my, that's your one fill-in. You don't have to fill in anything else. You can if you want, but you don't have to, right? So how does that work? Victory is won through God. Victory is won through God. I want to backtrack a little bit to 1 Samuel 4. This is when the Philistines are just getting ready to, this is last week, remember? Philistines are just getting ready to battle, and they're winning, and they're beating all this stuff, and then the ark comes the mood changes. Do you remember this, right? They say, woe to us who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods. Take courage and be men, O Philistines, lest you become slaves to the Hebrews as they have been to you. 
be men and fight. See, the problem with that is, is yes, that's a good thing when you're trying to win a war on your own power. You need strong dudes with swords. You need bows. You need all this stuff. But there was a very smart person named Hannah. Remember this? Go all the way back. Chapter 2. She's already said it. 1 Samuel 2, 4. It says, The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. See, this idea that you, you can win, you can have victory without God, doesn't work. This is all built off of last week. You want to work things out without God. You want to try to have victory without God. You want to win a war. You want to win at home. You want to win uh, at work. Fill in the blank without God. Last week was your warning. You want to have true victory? You want to win? You, you want to get that, that W, the kids say it, right? You, you want to feel good? You want, you want to turn your life around? Don't show up in a weird way. Let God do it, right? Victory is won through God, right? It doesn't matter how big your bow is. It doesn't matter how big your sword is. God is bigger. Think about the story of David and Goliath. The story is not about David. The story, the, you know, like I, I, I've been in a few David and Goliath plays. I don't know if you've, you know, like I've done that once or twice. Don't know if you've, you know who I played, but I played one of the and, and a common misconception and missing the point is that David's, David worked hard and he trained hard and he did the wolf thing and he protect. Yeah, he did all those things. David said it himself. It's God. You don't mess with my God. I don't, I, I just stand and I, it's got nothing to do with me. It's got nothing to do with any of you all about God. I don't care how big Goliath is. God is bigger. And because of that, how do we have victories? It's through that bigger God. Victory is won by God. Victory is won by God. If we, if we look at this, this verse right here, it says uh, in, chap, in this chapter, in verse 4, it says, Dagon fallen face downward on the ground. This is that second time. You remember this? Before the ark of the Lord and the head of Dagon and both of his hands were lying cut off of the threshold, broken, dismembered, powerless. Hannah warned us. She called it again. 1 Samuel 2.10 says, The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Literally saying, your gods, your power, everything you have hope and trust in, other than God, will not even fail you. It will fail itself. That God does not have the power to even rescue itself, to save itself. How in the world do you think that God can save you? If the God can't even stand up from being laying down on the ground, how is it going to raise you up out of slavery, out of distraught, out of depression, out of anything else? If it can't do that for itself, how is it going to do it for you? God is the only foundation that we can have victory in. We learned that at camp. I, I want to end, end later on with a little, uh, little note, right? 
But um, victory, last one, not a fill-in. Don't, not a fill-in, remember. So victory is won through God. Victory is won by God. Victory is won for God. Here's what I know about people. Flash chapter didn't happen. And Israel shows up with a bigger army. Israel shows up. God's people show up with a bigger army. And they beat the Philistines. Who gets the glory? Really, yeah. I'm sitting there. I'm saying Israel had the bigger dudes. They had the bigger bows. The bigger swords. This is a numbers game. They stood up and they said, Oh, Israel, don't be enslaved. Use your power. There is absolutely no question whose victory this is in this chapter, ladies and gentlemen. In a house of another God, the ark shows up. There's no Israelites there. There's no Christians there. No one's, they don't know where it is even. They've lost. They've gone home. Remember, they ran home. This is how distraught they were. This is how defeated they were. So much loss. They didn't go back to HQ and regroup and we're going to get them tomorrow. They ran home. And in that defeat, in that great loss, the only entity in the Philistine camp, in the Philistine city, was God. And that was enough. So much of the time, and, and I'm, I'm just going to throw myself under the bus, right? Things are going wrong in my life, and I make good choices, and I work hard, and I wake up early, and I go on a walk, and I, I don't know, I go to men's group, and that was my, whew, I'm a good Christian now, right? And I say, wow, my life's turning around. I did some great things. I'm missing the point there. Man, God brought me out of a dark place. Man, and, and I couldn't, for every, I have every right, I have every right to say, man, I worked hard to go to winter camp. Went to seminary, gave thousands and thousands, and all this money and time in my life, 20 years of experience has brought me to this moment to say this thing to this kids. I have every right to say that. I worked hard. Missing the point. Missing the point, because that points towards me. Sometimes we have to take a lesson from this random fish god and just point towards God and say, look at how great this God is. I am nothing. I have no hands. I can't do anything. I have no head. I can't speak. Nothing. Look how great this God is. So it's not, it's not just about getting a victory, but when you get that victory, point it straight to God. And, and, I, and I said this before, but God is just doing this victory lap. And, and, it, and, and if I can, I'll just like quote the whole chapter here. It says, The ark was brought from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Let the ark of the God of Israel be brought to Gath. So from Ebenezer to Ashdod, to Gath, to Ekron. God's name is being proclaimed, right? Verse, uh, verse 3, it says, When the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon fallen uh, face on the ground before the ark of the Lord, right? This is another thing. Hannah 
is experienced victory, folks. I don't know. She's like the only one. She's not even here. She's sitting there like, I told you so. Remember a couple chapters ago? She didn't say that because, you know what I mean? But like, remember all this? In chapter, in chapter 2, verse 2, it says, There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. There is no rock like our God. And, and if you remember last week, the Philistines, when they, when they see the ark, they say, wow, this is the God who won in Egypt. Do you remember this? This is the God who broke out of Egypt and won. And, and I've, I've, no, I've said this before, but you remember those plagues that we talked about in, the, in Egypt and all those? Those are all very symbolic. It wasn't like God's like, I don't know, it would be cool. Uh, there's like the Nile. Let's make it like red. And let's make it blood. That's like super cool, right? These are all very specific things. Why? To target the gods that Egypt is worshiping. Egypt has way too many gods, right? I'm going to give you a couple, right? The first one, Nile to blood. Uh, happy, uh, and I'm not, I don't know. I, I missed the Egyptian god class in my seminary. So if I, you know, like don't get mad at me. I don't really care, right? Like happy uh, bull god of the Nile. Literally the God of the Nile and God, the very first one is like, nah, you worship that guy, I control the Nile. Let's keep going. Isis, the goddess of the Nile. Nah, no, no, no. you, you want to worship this goddess? Nah, it doesn't work out for you. Kunum, ram god of the Nile. Another one. And guess what? Uh, you th- oh, you want to pray to all those gods? Keep praying. Go find another one. Keep trying. Oh, you can't do it. It's just not working out for you. Okay, well... Uh, Plague two, the frogs. He can't. Frog goddess of birth. What happened, folks? Frog goddess of birth. There'd be a lot of frogs. And it wasn't can't, right? Like, literally saying, hi, you're worshiping this God. Look how amazing I am. You can't do this stuff. You can't make this stuff up, right? Um, Nats. so many gnats that it's, it's like blotting out areas, right? Uh, Heket, oh, no, 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 we already did that, right? Set, god of the desert storms. Gnats coming from everywhere that literally looks like a storm. And God saying, I am bigger. Flies. Oh, this is, this is I'm not even going to try that one. But there's, there's who, uh, who I, do I kid or something like that. I don't know. I missed my Egyptian class. Don't make fun of me. You get up here. I don't care, man. All right? Fly god of the sky, right? Ray, sun god, people, flies blocking out the sun, right? Uh, five, death of livestock, Hathor, cow goddess, Apis, bull god of fertility. Oh, you want to pray for fertility? You want to pray that you have a great livestock? They're dead. Guess why? You ain't worship. You picked the wrong one. You had a 50-50 shot. You chose the wrong god. Sorry. Try again, right? Do not pass go. Um, uh, boils. Sekum, uh, segment, sorry, uh, you, you, uh, you, uh, Pharaoh, what's that movie called? Prince of, thank you. It's a musical, Ashley knows, right? You guys would have been mad at me, right? Uh, goddess over disease. You praying over diseases you want to get fixed? See? Uh, uh, Senu, the pestilent god. Isis, healing goddess, right? Hail, uh, is Newt, sky goddess, set, the god of the storms, locust, Newt, again, sky goddess, Osiris, god of crops and fertility. This idea that they're praying for a fertile land, and God says, oh, guess what? They're all gone. All your crops dead. 
I just controlled nature to overtake that, right? Darkness, Ray, Ra, either one. The sun god, Horus the sun god, Hathor the sun god, and death. This is the big one, folks. This comes out of Pharaoh himself. Pharaoh, the embodiment of Ra, the physical embodiment of Ra. God is saying, you want to worship Pharaoh? He's strong. He's got nothing on me. Why do I bring all this stuff up? Because day after day, we worship and praise gods that have no power. We live in a culture where the, where the gods are so ingrained in our culture that they don't even see it. That we pray to gods, and, and it's not this like actual like, oh, dear God, dear, dear Walmart, please get me out of poverty, and, and Target, please bring me joy and happiness. We would never say that, but that's how we're treating it. And man, and, and God, I, I just, I pray for security, eternal security. So I need a 401k. I'm going to pray to the 401k God. And we are shocked when God steps in and says, wow, you've been worshiping this fish God. Let's pretend it is absolute joker of a fish God. I'm bigger, stronger. He's so much better. And we, we, and we just forget. We, don't, we, we just deny how good God has been to us. No matter how dark it may seem, how much loss we have in our life, remember the bigger picture. All of this I'm saying today, Israel is going through a hard time. No matter how much victory is in this chapter, and absolutely there is victory because God is being praised city after city after city. And, and it, we'll learn about next week that he went to the other cities too, the, the other two that we didn't talk about. There's still so much hurt. And, and, and that's true for us. And, and I'm not downplaying our hurt. I'm not downplaying last chapter because death is death. Loss is loss. A lot of, a lot of happened last week. But there is a little bit of comfort knowing that our God is bigger than our loss. Our God is bigger than death. Our God is bigger than sickness. Our God is bigger than the sun and the storms and the rain and whatever that we're going through. We need to remember that. Dear Father God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you that you are absolutely bigger. I just pray that we remember that in the storms. When times are hard, when times are rough, when we just want to give up and just forget it and, and, just, and just sit in our gloom and just eeyore around, God, I just pray that we remember that there is a bigger picture. We don't need to understand it. Absolutely, most of the time we will not even see it. But I just pray that we have the wisdom to understand that you are bigger. Um, in case you didn't know, Katie Mackin ran worship at camp, and uh, she was pretty good. And it's a, it's a tough job. It's such a tough gig because there's a lot of kids, a lot of people, a lot of staff who, like, go there for the worship, you know? So uh, she did great. I wanted to uh, read one of the songs, read some lyrics from one of the songs she brought up. It was my camp verse. 
Uh, write this down, Gyra, J-I-R-E-H, right? It's by Elevation Worship. Yep. All right. Uh, uh, you, uh, watch that one. They, Justin Bieber's got a version. It's actually really good. I know that's crazy I'm saying that because I'm, I'm not a Justin Bieber fan. I don't know, but like it's really good. I wanted to read you these lyrics because I think they fit in really well today. It says, I've never been more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Going through a storm, but I won't go down. I hear your voice carried in the rhythm of the wind to call me out. You would cross an ocean so I wouldn't drown. You've never been closer than you are right now. You are Jaira, you are enough. Jaira, you are enough. And I will be content in every circumstance. You are Jaira, you are enough. Do you believe it? That is the question today. Is he enough to fight your fights? Do you need a bigger sword? Do you need to have better words? Do you need to be a bigger, stronger person to battle your fights? Or is God enough? And that's a hard thing to understand. Because I live in a world that wars are won with armies, not by gods. And that's a tough thing to understand. Go and live like God is enough because he absolutely is. Go with him, y'all. Have a good one.